The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nests and followed him, their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in their boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Sorry, fighting a cold, as you might be able to tell. My, either, my voice is either really low or really high. So <clears throat> I'll try to keep it on the low side. Uh, grace and peace to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For a time in my life, I lived in a small town called Destin, Florida a small town on the Florida panhandle known as the world's luckiest fishing village. In Destin, fishing was a way of life. Destin is surrounded by water, with the emerald green waters of the Gulf of Mexico to the south, the intercoastal waterway to the north, and Destin Harbor right in the center. There's a huge fishing fleet, mostly charters, that make their way in and out of the Gulf throughout the day. And at the end of the day, the boats would pull into the docks, clean the fish right there, and deliver it to the restaurants just yards away. It was the beating heart of that sleepy little piece of paradise. Each year in Destin, they hold a fishing rodeo competition. And on Ascension Day, they have the annual blessing of the fleet, where the entire fishing fleet would line up in Destin Harbor and then slowly motor by as they were blessed by the local clergy that named each boat and each captain and blessed them and their crews. One of the churches I attended was St. Andrew's Episcopal Church, which is named for one of the fishermen that Jesus calls this morning. Fishing towns, I learned, have a unique character. They respect the sea and they honor their fishermen because it is hard and noble work. It was a lot of fun there and a little rough around the edges, but in a good way. They are salty, big-hearted communities. And later I would live near Gloucester, Massachusetts, one of the world's great commercial fishing towns, which has a statue of the fishermen at the wheel when you enter the town and the names of those lost at sea engraved in the memorial at City Hall. For both towns, fishing is not just a job, but a way of life, not just for the fishermen and their families, but for the entire town. It's woven into the fabric of everything and everyone. In our gospel today, we encounter Jesus staying in Capernaum, a town along the Sea of Galilee, 
a fishing region. One day as he walked along the shore, he comes across four fishermen, Simon, Andrew, James, and John, two sets of brothers. And he says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately Matthew says, they left their nets, their boats, and in the case of James and John, they left their father Zebedee to follow Jesus. And I'm always so amazed that they would immediately follow Jesus in this way. Maybe they were tired of fishing and relieved to be doing something else. Maybe Jesus was just so magnetic, God's call so strong that they couldn't resist. But this was still their livelihood and their way of life, their family security, their community, and their identity. But there seems to be none of that calculus happening here. Jesus calls, and they drop their nets, and they go. I usually wonder in this text why they would leave everything and follow Jesus, but this week another question emerged from me. What in the world did Jesus see in them? I mean, if you were choosing a group of people for a mission to change the world, a new venture, a startup, if you were taking on a huge new challenge, who would you pick? Who would be in your cabinet, your board of directors, your staff, or your team? it probably wouldn't include a ragtag bunch of fishermen, right? I think Jesus saw in them what most people did not. Jesus saw their skills and talents, and they didn't leave their work behind uh, as much as they repurposed that knowledge and those skills for God's service. Like the fishermen in Destin that I had the chance to know, like one guy I just remember being called Billy Boats. Boats was like his last name. I never knew his real name. They were wildly eccentric and saw the world from a different perspective. They could read the sky and the wind. They could ride the waves, whether rough or smooth. They could recognize life's rhythms and patterns. And perhaps most of all, they were persistent and patient, all of which they would need as disciples. These noble fishermen however, were not seen as noble to the rest of society. They, like the shepherds that came to see Jesus when he was born, were considered among the lowlier people on the social ladder. But that's who Jesus sought out to be, um, those who surrounded him. His inner circle was comprised of fishermen and tax collectors and women. He spent time with the sick, the stranger, children, the forgotten, the ignored, and the marginal. These fishermen would learn from Jesus and they would preach and heal in his name. They would fail him and then rally again, get it wrong, be forgiven, and then get it right. Some of them would argue about who was the greatest and have to be reminded that it was God. And they would lead the early church and some would in the end give their lives for the gospel just as Jesus did. When it comes to discipleship, the following Jesus I think we often feel unqualified, unworthy, and uncertain. Even people that are highly successful in some areas of life can feel inadequate when it comes to following Jesus. But Jesus chooses us too, just like he chose those fishermen. And we aren't all meant to walk away from our jobs like those fishermen or take on ministry as a full-time calling, but we are meant to use our gifts and abilities to serve God and our neighbors. Jesus has chosen each of you. Jesus has chosen each of us. But we may ask, what in the world does Jesus see in me? It's a great question to ponder. What does Jesus see in us that he loves us and pursues us and calls us and saves us? 
You know, oftentimes it is other people that see and reflect back the good things that we can't see in ourselves. But when Jesus, the Son of God, sees it and calls it forth in us, well, that's an other order of magnitude entirely. What Jesus sees in us and what God is drawn to in us is not perfection, not a smooth, finished product, nor some kind of enlightenment. He sees in us possibility and promise and hope. He saw in a fisherman, Simon, a great leader of the early church. Later, he saw in Paul, then a militant persecutor of Christians, someone who would become the church's greatest evangelist. He sees things in us that are hidden to others and maybe even to ourselves. In fact, when Jesus says, follow me, he wasn't concerned that these followers might not turn out to be model disciples. Indeed, they were often dense and hard to teach. And on the rare occasions when they did understand what Jesus was saying, they often tried to talk him out of it. They squabbled about who was the greatest. One of them betrayed him, one denied him, and no one stuck around at the cross. And still he believed in them. He trusted them with his people, his mission, and his church. Jesus simply said, follow me. And something in the way he said it pointed to God so clearly that two, then four, then twelve decided that whatever Jesus had to offer was worth leaving their old lives for. And as far as Jesus was concerned, their willingness to get up and follow was credential enough. He would make this community out of this diverse and dirty dozen. I remember a line from a biography of St. Paul that said something like, in faith, we look at our lives not toward the beginnings, but at their endings. However we start, however we begin, God has more in store for us. It just takes a simple yes when God calls, or maybe even just an okay, let's see about this, <coughs> or I'll try it out, or I'll consider it. It just takes the smallest opening for God to help us see what God sees in us and the purpose to which we are called. Excuse me. <coughs> My voice almost made it. The good news is that Jesus calls people just like us, human, diverse, and imperfect as we are, to be disciples. <coughs> and that for all of our differences, we are joined in Christ. And we are reconciled to God and one another. Every time we gather at this table for communion and every time we return to the waters of baptism. We are reminded in the calling of the disciples that faith and following Jesus have nothing to do with perfection and everything to do with our willingness and availability for God. Today we are reminded that we are infinitely precious to God. We are chosen for a purpose, our gifts to share, even when it feels like we may not have much to offer, when we can't quite see what God is up to with us. Our mission in our time is to journey faithfully together as we seek to live out the greatest commandment, to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our minds and all our strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And our response when Jesus calls only needs to be a simple yes. May we together follow 
Jesus with passion and authenticity and hope. Amen.